it's your girl, Renique Esther, and welcome to the very first episode of Grab Your Stuff Podcast. I am your hostess with the mostest, your favorite cousin, the relationship champion, the wholeness coach, licensed master social worker, and I'm just ready for a good time. Like, I'm so excited that this is coming out. I have a lot to say, and I'm really excited for you guys to join me on the ride. So just a little bit of background. The way that this whole thing started for me was one a couple years ago people kept asking me to do a podcast and I was like nah like we got too much going on already like you know what am I really gonna do with the podcast but then it started to kind of burn on my heart a little bit and I started to do these videos on Instagram where I would end every Monday I'll end and say grab your stuff let's go and for me that was talking about you know letting go of all of the crap that doesn't belong to us on this journey but grabbing the things that we need to move forward so letting go of shame disappointment hurt trauma like letting go of those things but grabbing the stuff that actually belongs to you the stuff that you need to move forward into joy into peace into hope into healthy relationships into career moves like all of those types of things and so that's that's kind of the journey that we're on together. Um, we're going to tackle topics from healing, wholeness, and relationships. And who knows? Like, I may have a couple friends join me. Like, you never know. You never know who might pop up on the show, okay? So, <laughs> we have four segments on this show. And the first one, okay, is called Let Me Put You On. All right. So let me put you on is pretty much the segment where I introduce you to a place, a thing, a person, a trend, whatever is tickling my fancy at the moment. And I want you to try it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm putting you on to that new, new something. And it is this one. Today's is um, y'all. I'm probably going to lose some people on this one, but it's fine. But either way, sometimes. It may include some of our sponsored things, but either way, it'll never be anything that I don't think that you should try for real, for real. So today, like I said, y'all not going to be rocking with me. When I told my friends what this one was, they was like, Vernique, do not put people onto this. But I'm going to do it anyway because I'm growing and it's my show, okay? Period. So, <laughs> let me put you on to warm milk and cereal. Before, before you act like that. I see my, my technical producer looking at me crazy. Like Before y'all look at me crazy, if you are Caribbean, you know the vibes, okay? This is how I grew up eating cereal, y'all. I know. Yes, it's milk first. I literally put it in the microwave for approximately 45 seconds to a minute, and then I put my cereal in it, and I eat it. And it's just, it's like a warm hug. It's like that bedtime snack, okay? Before, but I said... Before you judge, just try it. Let me know, okay? Let me know if you end up trying it. Let me know what you think. I, I want y'all to stop looking at me like that. Try it. I'm telling you. So, yes, warm milk and cereal. And to be honest, what makes this worse is that I kind of eat, like, 70-year-old cereal. Like, I like honey bunches of oats. And I like the honey, like the, the regular, like honey one, the yellow box. And I like um, lately Quaker oats, like the oatmeal squares has been my thing. I know it's not Fruit Loops, it's not all of that sugary stuff, but it's good, y'all. It literally, like, I can't go to bed sometimes until I eat it. So I put you onto that. Remember, I put you onto that. All right, so <laughs> our topic for the day is breaking up is hard to do so for those of y'all who have been following me for a while you probably recognize that i was gone for about two months i took a social media 
break and kind of a leave of absence even for my businesses um I kind of let go of everything again for those of y'all who don't know me I have a coaching business where I help women especially high achieving women of faith um overcome trauma and brokenness so they can experience a life of wholeness and flourish in their purpose i also have my very very first baby which is um authentically wed we have a facebook group of over five thousand people join it it's free um and we talk about healthy relationships we talk about you know sex we talk about marriage we talk about all these things and i literally got to a point in my life very recently where i put it all down because i was like i have to get back to myself and um, a lot of it had to do with breaking up so if you've been wondering well where has Bernique been these last few months like sis just dropped off the face of the planet this episode is all about that so I want to start by saying in this episode y'all gonna get my whole business okay for the most part we're gonna get real close okay because this episode this podcast my platform all of that is all about transparency y'all know that I give you as much transparency as possible because I believe that in through transparency we can all be set free right like what if your parents or the people that you trusted in your life told you the truth about where they were right you probably would have navigated life a little bit differently and so this episode is me being transparent about who I am and the experiences that I have in hopes that you know that you're not alone and that you can be you know set free and, and if you're experiencing anything similar as well so um, but I, I really believe that it's important for us to start our journey together with transparency. So um, just to give you a summary, like over the last few months, like the about a span of about seven months, um, seven, eight months, I took the time. I took the leap rather to go into full time entrepreneurship. So I'm a licensed master social worker, emphasis in behavioral health, but I work in the medical field primarily as a medical travel medical social worker. And I've traveled to D.C., I've traveled to Boston, um, I've worked in Georgia as well. Um, and I was like, you know what, this is not fulfilling. I want to do my businesses full time. And so I took the leap of faith. I saved up money. I created a whole launch. I created my course, um, Heal For Real. And, you know, we were all systems were go. Two weeks before I was going to end my contract, I actually ended up getting fired. And um, it was weird because it was two weeks and I knew that it was no cause for it. Um, they were kind of upset that I wasn't extending, which is crazy. But um, I took the leap and I was like, you know what, that's fine. I was going to leave anyway. Let's go. But I don't think I realized how much that actually impacted me um, until time kind of went on. So I took the leap, like I said, shortly after I was, you know, fully on my own as an entrepreneur, my assistant quit. And if you know me, I keep an assistant on me, okay? Um, but the thing about it is, the ever since my very first assistant decided like, hey, we can't do this anymore because her workload was increasing, um, I have had trouble finding a really good fit. And so I thought I had found a good fit. She ended up quitting because she had some personal things going on. Um, Y'all, I was in a drama-filled situationship. Yes, me, the wholeness, uh, the wholeness relationship expert, as I've been dubbed in certain circles. Like, I found myself in, like, a interesting situationship is the best way that I can describe it. Um, I was planning a launch, like I said, and just like, okay, you know, there was a lot of pressure on this has to work. Um, and I, I ended up having a successful launch. I made five figures um, and exceeded my goals and all of that. And it was really cool. But I put everything from that launch 
back into the business because I was just going to live on my savings and try and multiply my success. Um, but I started to, for those of y'all who don't know, again, um, I really wrestle with anxiety. It's like a, a constant thing and it was only amping up during this time. So I had a successful launch. I put money back into the business to recreate that success. And then it was crickets, y'all. Like I had a whole wait list and nobody joined. So now I'm at a point where like, oh, I was teaching, I was coaching and I was like, you know, working the market for the next group of people and everybody just went ghost on me. It was the craziest thing. And around that time, my savings is dwindling. I had been home for like four months now. And then unfortunately, I got to a point where I couldn't even pay my mortgage. So here's the thing about that. I am the most responsible person that you know. If you've never met me, I am the most responsible person that you know. Um, as somebody who has a background and experience with um, being homeless and moving around a lot, fun fact, I before college, I had gone to over 15 different schools. That's more than one school every year from kindergarten. So I like instability, poverty, stuff like that. I was used to it and I vowed to myself when I, after I graduated college, like I'll never be in that situation again um, or after I graduated high school rather. So I might've not knew where my dinner was gonna come from, but my bills have always been paid. I've always been able to get what I needed by the grace of God. Um, and so being in a position where I couldn't pay my mar mortgage was like a gut punch to me. Um, and I remember I got to a point where I was looking at God like, so you're not gonna do nothing big on me? Like, Hey, like, what's up? Like, you, we got, do we have beef? Like, what's really good? <laughs> and I remember there were some days where I really was just like, okay, God, I guess you're just not, you're not going to do anything. And that's like, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, but that's a really scary place to be, I think, is to look and look around and be like, oh, God, you're not, you're not going to intervene on this one, are you? You know? Um, but I decided, like, you know what? Bump this. I'm going to just go back to work. So I applied for a job. I started, um, I got a new contract. So I was traveling again. I started traveling again towards the end of June after my birthday. And y'all, maybe a month into the job, I got in a car accident. I got in a car accident and I was like, okay, like at this point, what else do we need to happen? Well, after the accident, the little situation I told you about, we broke up. And then after that, and I want to say this really, really quick about that. Um, I keep my like love life or whatever, very, very private. Um, and, and I talk about, you know, dating and things like that, but this was probably, I think what was so crushing about this was this is somebody that I genuinely and still very much love and care about and think very, very highly of, but it just was the context of the situation was wrong. We were operating in, in disobedience. Um, it was just so many different factors. And so, and, and, but not only that, but this was the first real relationship that I was in, um, that wasn't just casually dating, getting to know, talking. This was the first real relationship that I was in, um, post-divorce. And so that was like, I had really kind of put a lot into it. And I think that, um, I even, it even illuminated some areas in my heart and my mind that were still kind of triggered from my past, right? Like not overwhelmingly so, but enough to where I was like, oh, wow, these are areas I should pay attention to that I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And so it was just like, it was just a situation where, you know, it took me aback and it really like, at that point, I felt like my legs had been cut from under me. Um, and then of course I'm working, like I said, in the medical field and 
the Delta variant is sweeping through the city. Our, I'm the ED social worker where I was, the ER social worker. And we have, I mean, the hospital is full. We have nowhere to put people. Us as co- as um, employees are wondering, like, are we going to get COVID? Like, we're, you know, we're interacting with nurses who go into COVID rooms. We didn't have to go in there, but it's rampant. Um, and sometimes I have to go in the emergency department where there's no beds to the point where patients are, like, in the hallway low-key. Like, <laughs> waiting. And so the stress of that, and I just broke down, y'all. Like, I broke down. And I think prior to even some of these things happening, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Um, and just asking God, like, I just want to be a regular person. I don't want to be anybody's influencer. I don't want to be anybody's coach. I don't want to be anybody's inspiration because my life is a mess. In part from the experiences that I've just gone through that had nothing to do with me, but in part for things that I did that I brought on myself or things that like I participated in, like all of it. I was like, well, ain't no point. Like, what's the point, you know? Um, and, but we're going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about the point. Um, so The first thing that I want to talk about is like, what do you do when you thought God was going to do something, but it felt like he did nothing? Like when you feel like heaven is silent, you know, Um, one of the hardest things I think, and, and like I said, the topic today is breaking up is hard to do, right? It's not even just about breaking up in relationships, but breaking up with the expectations of what you thought would happen. So for me on one end, I had to break up with the fact that like, I was angry. I had to actually come to the realization that I was angry with God. I was angry with God for not responding to my mortgage situation to the point where my prayers started to sound entitled. And that was one thing that the Holy Spirit really um, illuminated to me was like, sis, who precisely do you think that you are? Like, let me know, because if you're better than everybody, just say that. And I was like, I mean, you know, just, you know. Um, nah, but it's not that, but you know, and, and I'm a, this is getting really, really deep, but I think when I look back over my life and I'm saying this and I really hope that this resonates with somebody, when I look back over my life for somebody who is not even 30 yet, um, I was like, God, like I've been through so much, you know, I used to joke around in my early twenties and be like, yeah, I, I lived the life of a 40 year old. Right. Because I felt like life had run me so ragged before I really had a chance, um, in the world. So I think that especially after my divorce, I think I had made like this secret pact with God that he was not like, that he didn't sign on the dotted line of, of like, yeah, so we're done with with hard times now, right? Like, this is it, correct? We're done? Like, I'm signing right here. And God was like, not cool. Okay, she's walking away now, you know? (laughs) Um, And so I think that I had, like, in my mind, I was like, well, God, I honored you through a divorce. I, you know, honored you when I was poor. I honored you when I had da 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 So, at this point, we good. Now you're going to honor me, right? Like, now you're going to give me these things. And God is kind of like, that's just not really how it works. And it's not to say that God doesn't honor us or he doesn't give us seasons of goodness and, and blessings and things like that. Um, but, one, you that doesn't make you exempt from hard times, right? Like it doesn't make you exempt from experiencing real life. Sometimes life just sucks, you know? And that's not like God just, you know, puppeteering things to go terribly in your life. But because we live in a fallen world, we're going to experience hard times. But I think for myself in this particular case, I felt like, how dare you? Like all of this stuff that we done been through over the last few decades, like, are you serious? 
Um, and so I was disappointed. I was, y'all, when I tell you if chronic disappointment was a disease, I had it. I had it. Um, because I was like, I, I took the leap of faith. I followed you, or at least I thought I did, to be an entrepreneur. I felt like... Um, you led me here, but now I just feel like a failure. And to be honest, now I'm kind of embarrassed, right? Because I didn't, I'm taking all these people on this journey. I got thousands of followers. Like, you know, they're all rooting for me. And here I am feeling like not only am I back, I'm not even back at square one. I'm, I'm at square negative three, you know? And so, um, and, and, and I want to even give some language for people who feel like, or who have been taught, like, um, don't question God. Or don't, you know, oh, everything's going to work out. Don't be sad about anything. Like the Bible in Proverbs says a dream deferred makes the heart sick. It's a reality. Like it really is a sickness to um, have your hopes and dreams kind of dashed, you know. And so I want people to, I think if there's anything that I want you to get from this part is no, don't be entitled, but feel what you feel. Feel what you feel, experience what you're experiencing, because even God understands that when a dream is deferred, that means like when it's pushed back or when you you don't get to really experience it in its fullness, it makes your heart sick. It can be like a weight on you. And and I remember in therapy, because after the list of things that I just told you I experienced, I definitely had to get into therapy um, all over again. And so um, my therapist who snatches edges for a living, I literally pay her to make me bald pretty much. Um, <laughs> I realized that um, she she said this thing. I was like, well, I mean, it's not as bad as da, 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 da. And she was like, stop comparing, like stop comparing struggles. Why does it have to be as bad as this and this and this? Why does it have to be as bad as this person? Why does it have to be as bad as what you've experienced in the past? If it's traumatic, it's traumatic because it's traumatic, right? Like if it hurts, it hurts because it hurts. And that's it to it, right? But I also have to look at like some of the decisions I was making and where that came from. And I know um, one of the things that she talked about was how the anxiety and the stress in my life, because if you know me, your girl moves on a thousand all the time. Like I wrote a book. I was uh, producing an event. I was managing um, a Facebook group. I was like doing all of these things all at the same time. Like that's how I move, unfortunately, because I've, um, while it's cool, cause you see the results of it, it can be very detrimental to my, my mental health. And so she was telling me how she realized that um, anxiety, like the anxiety and the stresses in my life were fueling my desire at the time to make certain decisions. So to be with somebody at the wrong time for so many reasons, um, which led to me feeling devastated. So it was like I was trying to find escape in the life that I had built with all of this stress by making these other decisions that allowed me to feel some sort of control, some sort of relief, right? Um, but I, and I want to make it clear though, that even if it's like the wrong thing, you, there's still a level of grief that can come with losing it. Grief is no respecter of right or wrong, right? Like experiencing grief, it comes whether it's, whether other people may feel it's warranted, whether you feel it's warranted or not. And I think that the worst mistake that we make a lot of the times is not feeling our feelings or not grieving well, because we feel like, well, we don't deserve to, because I, I shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have whatever. Um, and so we don't really take the time to grieve the fact that, yeah, but this is a real experience. Um, and so I, I just wanted to make that point clear is that like, 
regardless of where you are, grief is grief. And it's okay to experience grief and to learn the lessons and to, so you can move forward. Um, but even in that, breaking up there was even like breaking up with this person. Um, even when it's the right thing to do, it can still hurt like hell. Right. So, um, yeah. And I think the other thing about this season was the shame. So feeling like, oh, I'm this relationship expert and I'm, you know, I lead people in healthy relationships and I ended up um, winding in the context that was in and that like set me over the edge. And I felt like there's no redemption from that. Like, how do I, how do I explain this to people or not even explain it because the reality is I don't have to, but how do I move forward feeling all of this shame? And y'all, just a quick pause on shame. I feel like I need to do a whole episode on shame because that matter of fact, where, where's where's where, where's my camera? Because really, really quick, we need to talk about shame at this point. Shame, old ugly bald head itself with his crusty mama. You be trying it, like shame really be trying it, like shame be telling you that stuff is happening that's not really happening, or to the extent like shame will let you think that your whole life is falling apart. And to be honest, I want to fight it. So catch me outside, shame. Period. At this point, catch me outside. No, but seriously, like shame was such a huge factor in me wanting to literally give up my entire calling. Like, literally wanting, like, nah, there's no, mm-mm. Like, I understand what you're talking about, Jesus, where you said that there, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I know that I'm in Christ Jesus, but I think that there's a little bit of condemnation, like, reserved for me on the side. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's got to be. Because that's how I felt. I was condemning myself. um, And, and it sent me all the way over the edge. I was just like... This is it, right? Um, but through this whole experience, through everything, through the ups, through the downs, through through the shame, through the guilt, or even through um, the redemption, or, or trying to see redemption, trying to pick myself up from where I were, where I were, where I was. <laughs> um, these are some of the lessons that I've learned. Okay, one, I am not good enough. I'm not too good. Excuse me. I'm not too good to go through. I am not too good to go through. And I know that seems like a duh, but I think in our responses to adversity, it can come off that way, right? It could be centered around a sense of pride that we may not even know is possible. Like the expectation that God is like our superhero and he's going to sweep in and save the day. And, and he is a, he is a redeemer. He is a rescuer. He is a strong tower. He is all of those things, but we are not exempt from trial and tribulation. Matter of fact, Jesus talks about how, um, it, low, there will be troubles and hard times in this world. Right. Um, but take heart for I have overcome the world. Our, our job is to take heart. Our job is to act when, when the winds and waves of life come is to access the goodness and the power of Jesus in order to overcome. And so, um, I felt like I expected God to do things and that's not wrong, but just the entitlement around it is. And the reality is if Jesus had to suffer, like, so can, who are me? Who is me? Right. Um, and sometimes following God. Y'all not going to like this, but sometimes following God is literally him leading you into the wilderness so he can get rid and get, get out of you some things that don't need to go with you in the next season, right? Like there are sometimes you got to wander the desert for 40 years because it's taking 40 years for you to get some of that crap out of you that needs to not be there when you enter into the promised land. And, and often entitlement makes the experience 
even worse than it originally could have been because you're so focused on what you think you should have, what it's supposed to be. Well, why didn't that you can't even actually go through the experience, right? So acknowledge the sadness, acknowledge the, the hurt, the pain, the disappointment, but be humble and trust that God sees you where you are. And if you hold fast to him, he will take you through. Entitlement will literally freeze you and hold you in a season because you're so focused on the wrong thing that you cannot move forward, okay? The second thing is giving yourself the grace to grieve, giving myself the grace to grieve. Like you can grieve it. Stuff hurts because it hurts, like I said before. And but don't shame yourself into not grieving because that really is only going to cause you to have like emotional dams. Right. Where you're holding up and storing things in your heart and covering all of these um, like uh, 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 what's it called? These cliches on top of it. But cliches don't don't heal you. Cliches don't get you where you need to go. Cliches only are are superficial. They don't really clean the wound. They just kind of dab around the blood. Right. So the 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 fact of the matter is you have to grieve no matter what the situation is. Take time to grieve so that way you don't um, store those things in your heart. Give yourself the grace to grieve to the loss of relationships. Give yourself the grace to grieve um, failure. Right. Quote unquote, whatever you perceive as failure. Give yourself the grace to grieve those things and accept those feelings of loneliness, of anger, of um, strife, of disappointment, like I said. But. And this is the key for me. Fill yourself back up with community and with self-care. I know for me, my friends, my community was the biggest, biggest part of me kind of re-emerging from where I was and reminding me of who God is and who God says that I am, reminding me of my my destiny and my calling. Um and in self-care, like taking time to step away, to feed into, like remind myself what makes me happy, what gives me joy, remind myself who God is, remind myself of, remember we have traversed these seasons before, like you will get through it again, right? There is no lack in him. And so just getting back to that place of community and self-care. And then last but not least, hold everything with an open hand. So this is something that I got from Pastor Nikki. She was my pastor in college and I still consider her and um, Pastor Martez, my pastors. But I remember um, at one point in my hand, at one point in my hand, one point in my life, I had walked up to her. It was like after church or something. I was like, hey, like, you know, I was telling her something and she was like, well, I'm really excited for you, but hold everything with an open hand. And I, that always stuck to me. I'm, I'm telling you, I think she told me that like 10 years ago, but that always stuck with me um, because a lot of times like I can get stuck and maybe this is just me. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not you, but I can get stuck to an expectation and it can cut so deep when it's like not met. Right. Like when those when all the stars don't align, I'm just like, uh, like it's a deep cut. Right. But if you hold everything with an open hand, then regardless, and you, you know, you're not so tight fist, then regardless of what happens, regardless of what comes, if something comes to blow it out, you're like, you know what? It wasn't meant for me to hold on too tightly anyway, right? I tell people, like, in the type of personality that I have, like, I tell people all the time, like, don't promise me nothing that you can't, that you can't fulfill, because the second time that you don't come through, I'm like, oh, No, I can't trust you again. Right. But the reality is we have to hold everything with an open hand, whether and this is not this is not the same as don't expect nothing from nobody, because I know some of y'all do that. Like, oh, no, I don't expect nothing from nobody. Anyway, it's me and myself and I they want to like die. Boom, boom, me click. No. 
that's not the point. The point of this is not to get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm not, I don't expect nothing from nobody because really that's a defense mechanism. You're trying to protect yourself from hurt that you assume is on the way, which is not really a way to live, right? You're you're kind of living paranoid. Um, expectations are okay, but the reality is, is how tightly we hold on to them. And so just remembering that I'm I, like, God, I'm whatever it is that you give me, whatever it is that you don't give me, it's all with an open hand. You have the right to switch things out. You have the right to keep matter of fact, hey, you have the right to keep my hand empty if it's for your glory. You have the right to not give me anything if I need to just focus on the posture of my hand. If I need to focus on the posture of my heart, if I need to focus on realigning my mind, um renewing my mind until it until it thinks and moves like Jesus, you have the right. And so living with an open hand allows you the ability um, to not get so stuck on the outcome, but but get really, really stuck and tuned in with who God is and what he's doing. So those are kind of my lessons from this whole experience and, and all of the different breakups that I had to go through. And I hope that it helps you. But at the end of the at the end of the day, OK, breaking up really is hard to do. Breaking up with expectations, breaking up with people, breaking up with seasons, it's all hard to do, but it's always so necessary, okay? You you sometimes have to break up with the limitations that you put on yourself. For those of you who have, you know, been like, God, I want to do these things, but I don't know, like, I don't think it's my time or whatever, like, break up with those limitations. Break up with the version of you that you thought you needed to be able to get where you're going, Whoever it is that you're assuming you need to be to enter into the promised land, whoever it is that you think you need to be in order to minister to people, whoever it is that you think you need to be in order to get that job, to get that promotion, break up with that. Break up with the entitlement that you have towards God and what you expect out of your life. Break up with people and things that stifle your growth. You just have to break up knowing that whatever is on the other side, whatever is on the other side, the pain of letting go is worth it. What no matter what is on the other side. Why? Because God is with you. Because he's leading you. And if you truly live a life submitted to him, then you know that your latter will always be greater than your former. Even even if it doesn't feel greater, it's always greater because the goal ultimately is to look more and more like him. So, at the end of every topic, we're going to decide what we are grabbing. So, today if you're if any of my experiences resonated with you, we are grabbing healthy expectations. We are grabbing the grace to grieve. And we are grabbing knowing that failure, whether it's truly failure or not, failure is never the end. It's never the end. Um, a lot of people talk about uh, that scripture, you know. Um, God is working everything out for my good, right? God works, um, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Um, and I, I heard a pastor one time say, it's not, it's not done till it's good. It's not over till it's good. Okay. So know that whatever failure or whatever, um, just weight, pain, devastation, disappointment that you are feeling, it's not over. It's never the end. In the darkest times of my life that I thought were the end, I've always made it to the other side. And you will too. All right? So that's the end of our topic and what we're grabbing. But to end things on a little bit of a higher note, we have a segment called Questions and Confessions. Basically, Ask V. Today's Ask V is from 
Facebook. It's actually from the Authentically Wet group. Shout out to the fam. What's up? Woo woo. If y'all are watching. Um, and people were arguing about this, but I really, uh, yeah, I'm going to read it to you and y'all let me know. Okay. It says, okay, ladies, my heart is so broken. Please help me with a decision. My ring that my husband bought me was very small. We have been married for almost three months. Anyways, I went today to get it sized, and a lady said, how long have you had it? I said, around four months. She said, well, it's a size five and a half, and you wear a seven and a half. First of all, quick commentary. How did she get that on her finger? All right. Um, I said, oh, I didn't know that. She asked, when was the ring bought? No, I asked, when was the ring bought? She said, 2014. I said, oh, okay. You know you know what, lady? Give it back to me, please, because I have a question to ask him. She did. I asked him about it, and she and he said, yes, I bought it for someone else, but she didn't accept. She says, oh, my heart is crushed. I told him I didn't want it, and I'm so furious. What would you do? Well, um, I don't see a name on here, but madam. First and foremost, so I wanted to say really quick, the comments in AW were like split. I saw some people like, is it a ring? Is it real? <clears throat> oh, well, my man could, my man could um, propose with a ring pop and I'm taking it. Well, be it unto you, if you have, as you have said. Okay. Um, but the reality is I want to talk about a couple things about this is one for me personally, I want a ring and a ring matters. It don't have to be the most expensive. Don't have to be the biggest. It just has to be with you in mind, with me in mind. You can't buy something with me in mind that you bought with somebody else in mind. That's just how, and I feel like that's a principle of gift giving, right? Like if you buy something, if you give something to me, I'm hoping that it's not secondhand, that you bought it with the intention of, I want to give this to her because she, I love her and whatever, right? Um, and then the other thing is, I don't think that she was wrong for necessarily giving it back. Like, even if you, even if he were to like pawn it and it don't, again, I don't know what sister's situation is, but maybe he gets something at the same price point at a price point that he can afford. Cause for me, it's not about how expensive it is. It's like, you gave me a gift that you did not think about me for. Now, do I think that she should break up? No. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's something necessarily worth breaking up over, especially because they're already married, but it's something to talk about, like, and, and not to be, I don't want to say overly dramatic because if it hurts, it hurts, right? If it bothers you, it bothers you. But this is something that you sit down and talk about, like, what the meaning of gifts are to you. Because, like I said, there was people in the comments who were like, I don't care. I'm going to keep it, sis. Like, sis tripping. That's fine. Do that for you. But I don't think that this is necessarily a right or wrong. I think it's more so this is what I would desire. This is what would really um, make my heart feel good is that if I had a ring that really was something that you bought for me and maybe her man wasn't thinking about it that way right we have to not assume that somebody has malice because they do something that happens to hurt us right like you being hurt doesn't mean that the person's intentions were to hurt you and so I think that that's maybe one thing like she really needs to just kind of sit down and talk about it but I don't agree that you know, you should act like it doesn't bother you or that like, oh, it's fine. Like, I don't care. He gave me a ring. He married me. The marriage is all that matters. Yeah. But come on now. We all have things that matter to us, right? For some people, their shoes can get dirty and they don't care. For other people, they'd be ready to fight somebody if somebody scuffed their shoes. It's shoes either way, but the meaning that it has behind it, we have to, we have to acknowledge that, you know, everything's not petty just because you don't think that it's petty. So that's questions and confessions. 
hashtag ask V. If you want to submit a question, if you want to give a confession about anything that you want me to address on the podcast, feel free to email me at info at com, and you can do um, the subject line as questions or confessions, questions or confessions, okay? And then writing your thing. It'll be totally anonymous. We're just going to talk about it, all right? We're just going to talk about it. So um, before I give you the handles where you can find me at, um, as we move forward with this podcast, I'm thinking of... Um, finding a way for you guys to all connect. And so I would like to make the video, for those of y'all who are listening just audio, this is recorded, okay? So if you wanna see the video of this, especially if you wanna get it early, join our Patreon. Um, the information will be at the bottom of this screen. Um, but I want you to join the Patreon so that way you can get in on the conversations. I wanna hear your thoughts. Like, do you agree with me on my thoughts about Sis and her ring? Do you have any, like anything you wanna say to the topic? Anything that you want to add to the episode, I want to interact with you. I don't want it to just be like, I'm talking and then y'all listening and that's it. Like, I want to interact with the peoples, okay? So, um, join our Patreon. Like I said, the information will be at the bottom of this screen. So, that way you can get in on the conversation and support a podcast that you already know is going to be dope, okay? Because you know you know, you liked it, this episode. Yes, liked it. You know you liked it, this episode. Don't play. You liked it, this. So, <laughs> um, y'all can all follow me. Avernique Esther, if you want to see anything about healing and wholeness or me just dancing because I really like TikTok and Reels. Um, or you can follow me at Authentically Wed for all things relationship. You can join the Facebook group. It's Authentically Wed. Um, and we it be popping off in there. Morning, don't join the group if you're like, um, I'll put it like this. When we first started AW, like the group, somebody was like, oh, they like, they, they're like Christians, but like from the east side. So we, um, yeah, yeah. So don't join if you have certain sensitivities, but it's all about authenticity and it's all about learning how to have healthy relationships from a biblical perspective. So go ahead and join us there. Over 5,000 members. Um, so you want to join a party, okay? We do events, we do all that kind of stuff and we do live teachings. It's absolutely amazing. So my sign off for today is two left feet is better than being a double amputee. So use what you got. Until next time, see ya. And grab your stuff.